What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. I'm Jay Binkley with the editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com. Also hearing with Dusty with Run It Back at 5 a.m. in the morning. That's right. Chris Cero producing the operation. What's going on, man? Usual cast of characters will be Matt Lane. We've heard him a lot this year, too, at Chief in Carolina. Uh, from airheadpride.com. He will be in place of Craig Stout tonight, and Ken Swanson will be on Talking Chiefs offense at 615. Uh, good afternoon, Pete, or good evening. Didn't see you last week because you had Pete things to do, but this week we got fish to fry. Right, right. Here we are. It's probably what is going to be the second to last Arrowhead Pride radio of the season before we get into some Royals coverage, right? So we're leading up to what will be Super Bowl 55, four days to go. I'm amped for the game. I'm at that point in the media where I've heard enough from the players. I'm ready for them to hit, take the field and, and talk about some actual gameplay. Yesterday, I was talking to Dusty about this this morning on the Run It Back show. There was 11 hours of Chiefs media sound. Which I, stuff. I know you. the Buccaneers, you had 11 to that. You've been sifting through. And so yes. the, the hype of this game is real. Yeah. And we are, we're getting closer to it. Yeah, if I never hear Bruce Arians again for maybe a little while, I'm good. You've had enough of Bruce. Here's Andy Reid on the Chiefs' injuries because the official injury report for the game came out today. That's right. Uh, Fisher didn't practice, and Willie didn't practice. Everybody else practiced. That's it. That's good. That's what you want going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you knew that Fisher and Willie yeah. Gay were not going to practice. Like we already knew them. They're done. They're done for the year. Uh, so that's good. The reason that Reed has to say that is because they're still on the active roster. If there's sure. people wondering why, you know, they're still in the mix, the Chiefs will wait to make that move and and do so. Le'Veon Bell and Sammy Watkins were limited, by right. the way. That's the ones that matter. Yeah, they'll make that move and and bring up two players on probably Friday or what we would think it to be Saturday if they follow along with the pattern that they have all year. Pete, the weather report uh, Ian Rappaport put out earlier. From AccuWeather, thunderstorms in the forecast for the Super Bowl. How about that? Early prediction, 71 degrees with a 75% chance of rain. <laughs> I and both in, these quarterbacks are good in elements. They I, really are. Brady and Mahomes are very good in elements. I actually lived in Tampa for about 10 to 12 months, and it rains every day there. I mean, it, it yeah, it'll rain for maybe like 20 minutes, but it's like Gone. these flash rain. Yeah. It does seem like more consistent rain is in the forecast, which will be strange. Usually there are either what, a roof or, or clear skies for the Super Bowl, but yeah, it sounds like there might be some weather. And there's no cannons. There's no cannons. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks have been told they're not allowed. What do you think about the cannons? Do you care about that? No, I do not I don't care, care about either. that. There's not even a thought of mine. I wasn't like sitting around here last week going, they better not have those damn cannons. I agree. Better not. I agree. I think they could have used the cannons, honestly. Use the I, would, cannons. I would not have cared. You know, have everybody dressed like pirates. I don't care. I mean, the, the home teams are 127, 128, and 1 in the NFL. Chiefs aren't going until Saturday. Chiefs are the only team in the NFL undefeated on the road. Yeah, there's a cannon for you. Yep. 
Oh, shoot it off. Just shoot it off when the Chiefs score too. <laughs> every every score gets a cannon. That's actually an alternate it way that they could have gone. It as a kicker, though. They could have gone about that the different way. Instead of having no cannons for the Bucks, it's just could have been cannons for every score, for every <laughs> yeah. team. I'd be nervous as a kicker, though. As well. Because yeah. I'd be sitting there thinking about it. All right, like, I'm going to make well, this and that cannon's coming out. We know Butker. I mean, he can get into some fun, yeah. so we got we to no, be no careful cannons. there. We're, no cannons. So we, Butker. we have cannons out of the way. Uh, for this game, I will say this, Pete. I want to get in this just for a second. Yeah. The whole distra- before we get into meat and potatoes of the game, distraction element. I, th- I think this is perfect for a team like the Chiefs. It's actually perfect for a guy like Tom Brady that would be asked a million different questions, 50 ways to sideways, including opening night in the media, which is usually more sillier questions than real questions. And this year there was a little silly, but not much. Not much when everything's on Zoom calls. But to be honest with you, I think this benefits the Chiefs a lot. Well, the Bucs are in their same beds and everything else. That's great. But for the Chiefs, this is everybody at home. Just in the same routine, right? Same routine. Yeah, you go I, to practice. You wet arrowhead drive. You get on a plane and fly like it's a road game and a business trip. This yeah, has I've, been great. I've been saying now for about a week or two that this is Andy Reid's dream. I mean, this is what he wants in a championship game for it to be exactly like it would be for a regular season game, except for maybe lack of cannons. Oh, you know, Reid's loving this. <laughs> and the end zone that has your name in it, the yellow end zone, the gold end zone. I'm waiting for someone to complain about the cannons. Uh, I'll talk to Dave Moore about it uh, later tonight. The Bucks. I'm, I'm sure there's a couple Bucks fans that are peeved that they'll, they'll, yeah, get, no they'll get over it. They'll get over it. Eric Bieniemy uh, said this, Pete, and I, I loved his, his response to this. He was asked a question this week during the Chiefs' uh, coaches' availability yesterday. It, it's really a big storyline. It's the Chiefs' offensive line. Obviously, Fisher's out, and we're not have, they don't have Mitch Schwartz, right? One of the best right tackles in the game. That's big. Your bookends are not playing. And you got Rimmers out on left and Wiley at right. Okay, right. the Buccaneers can get to the quarterback. We know that. The pass rush was excellent. Five sacks last week against Green Bay. What can Eric Bieniemy scheme-wise with Andy Reid in the offense yeah. to kind of limit what the Buccaneers can do? I thought it was a good question. Here's what EB said. You know what? Uh, coach Todd Bowles has done a hell of a job with those guys. <laughs> you talking about a, a great coach who's happened to be a, a, a great leader of men who has a great scheme, and obviously those guys have bought into what he's doing because those guys are playing outstanding. And as we all know, regardless of what side the ball that you're on, everything starts up front. Those guys up front are doing some some things. They're getting after the uh, the pass rusher. They're getting upfield. They're creating havoc in the run game. They're also creating pressure uh, in the pass game. So one thing that we have to do, we have to neutralize their rush. We have to make sure that we're assignment sound, that we're playing assignment sound, that we're protecting and keeping the integrity of the pocket to give Pat an opportunity to step up and do what he needs to do. But on top of that, when it's all said and done, we just got to knuckle up and go play, you know, and, and play for 60 consecutive minutes. If something bad happens and the player gets beat, oh, well, that happens, you know. We're not going to worry about that play. The only thing that matters is the next play, and we want our guys to have that focus and that temperament because we want to play this game one play at a time, but also understanding how much of a challenge it's going to be, you know, to making sure that we can we can sustain that high level of play for 60 consecutive minutes. So that's kind of his plan with the line because it's going to be kind of a different right. game plan. Um, Carlton Davis – is, is, has done a good job since he's been with the Bucs. He has. He's been a good corner, except saying, against Tyree Kill. In, on most weeks, he is. Against Tyree Kill, he was terrible. And he even <laughs> talked this week about, well, you know, it's, right. I, I have smaller receivers give me fits and all this. Perfect passer rating to Tyree Kill when throwing at Carlton Davis. 
And but you kind of had to have time for that because but Tyreek Hill doesn't need a ton of time to make breaks. That's the good news about it. No, unless it, you're playing it, off he, of him, he is zero to sixty yeah. in a blink. And so I I know what you mean. There may not be time for longer developing plays necessarily in the Super Bowl, but I I think. Tyree Kill just feels like an outlier in that. Yeah, I agree with you. EB, this, this is another example, number 5,745. He should be head coach. In order to appreciate winning, you have to despise losing. Okay? You have <laughs> to despise that feeling of what it what it feels like in the agony of defeat. <laughs> I listen to Eric Bieniemy, and I want to run through a wall. To appreciate winning, you have to despise losing. Anyway, he, I got a kick out of that. He has mastered. He's a head coach, he, man. He has mastered head coach speak where you, you give quotes, and they're powerful, but they also, you're not really sharing any strategy at all. So there's, no, there's nothing <laughs> you could kind of delve from that. Now, part of the conversation has been, too, people have been talking a lot about this Bucks offense getting better since week 12, Pete, and, and kind of gelling, and and they have, and they've admitted so, and Tom Brady said so, because they, they know each other a little better. Earlier this week, Tom Brady had said that some of the defensive players, he didn't know them that well. He said, no OTAs, no minicamp, they're on different side of the field, we have different meeting rooms, we eat lunch and dinner at different times. The yeah. continuity and, wasn't there, and he said that. But I feel that this Chiefs defense has equally gotten better since that Bucks game and continue to get better each and every week. I I. Yeah, it's hard to say and Tom Brady is under-talked about because he's talked about every week and on all these national shows and, and constantly praised and lauded for everything he's been able to do. But it, it actually has, I think, been a little lost just how impressive it is to get to a Super Bowl as a quarterback with a new team. I know that when it was still lockdown mode, there was some reports that he was out in the park and throwing to some receivers. Who knows if they had masks on or not, but... What he was trying to do was get on a chemistry level, get a rapport with his receivers, and it paid off. And they seem to have really gotten better each and every week. Their schedule was a little shaky toward the end of the season, so they were able to rip off all those wins uh, against teams after they lost to the Chiefs. But you got to respect what they were able to do in the NFC playoffs, and they're playing good football. But you're right, the Chiefs didn't have Legereus Sneed that first time around, and the defense looks a lot better, especially with Juan Thornhill arriving back to what was his rookie form. And speaking of the Bucks getting better, you actually asked Steve Spagnuolo that question. I can always kind of tell where you're leaning, Pete, with the questions you ask. Hey, Steve, from that that week week twelve tape of you guys and and more comparing it to what they've recently done and, and put on some film. In what ways and what you're willing to share have you seen them taking some steps in in just the the nine or ten weeks? And and what are you preparing for now that maybe uh, you didn't see in that first game? Yeah, it's not a lot of change. What I see is you call it synergy, call it chemistry, call it whatever you want. I mean, they're clicking on all cylinders. And like, it doesn't matter whether it's defensively or offensively, once you start having success and it snowballs, and that's what I've seen them do, everybody gets confident. And look, you got, you got the best quarterback in NFL history playing there. And I'm sure all of those players, as they start to have success moving the football, winning games, and they've got Tom Brady. I mean, it just snowballs, and I just see a, a unit that's clicking, uh, great chemistry, you know, with a great leader. So they are getting better going back and forth. This is what I was talking about with Brady. And keep in mind, this is Brady, and this is Spag saying, okay, they're getting better. You asked since week 12, how are they getting better? This is Brady, what I was talking about. thing that's been difficult, again, is, um, you know, just haven't been able to meet. There's a lot of people that, in here that I just have never really got a chance to get to know. I mean, certain players on defense that – I just don't know very well. We're not, we're not able to be together in certain rooms. We're not able to eat together. We're not able to travel well. You know, we don't 
get the normal camaraderie that you have on a normal team. So under the circumstances, we're all doing the best we could do. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a tricky year in that sense, but, um, you know, again, just going to try to go do my best. Like I always do to try to try to finish the job this coming week. So it's kind of what you were talking about, Pete. They've been on a roll. There's Tom Brady said, we really don't know each other yet. This team was seven and five at one point since their bye week. They've been completely different. They've won every game yeah. since their bye week, including three straight uh, road playoff games. The chemistry stuff is starting to come. I think this team would have even been better than seven and five and possibly looking for that number one seed in the NFC had they been able to have OTAs in many camps. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And they certainly have the skill position talent. Seems like the offensive lines played pretty good. The defense, to me, is the strong point of this team, especially the front seven and those guys we've been talking about all week and Shaq Barrett and JPP and now you got Vita Vea back in the mix. And so it'll be a challenge. And don't get me wrong, I, I don't think I'm looking past the Bucks, but I, I do feel like the Chiefs will win this football game. It's just a, by a matter of how much can they control this game. And we'll see what happens at the beginning of it. And, you know, with every Super Bowl, you have that first quarter and it seems like everyone's hyped up before you settle in and it becomes an actual football game. The final segment, look, Pete uh, was able to talk to Honey Badger and McCole Hardman, and he talked to uh, Sam Madison, one of the defensive backs coaches as well. But this is on the offensive side of the ball, and I thought it was a great question by you because we're starting to see the beginning of this dynasty. And you asked Patrick Mahomes just about this group and how they've grown since he started. Hey, Patrick. As you think back to <laughs> as you think back to 2018. What are you laughing at? Uh, and I think he and said Andy what up. And, and coming off uh, being the backup for Alex. Correct me up. I know you guys have done a, a lot of winning, but as you reflect back, what are you most proud of of the program that you and Andy Reid and by extension Brett Veach have been able to build here? Yeah, I think the the thing I'm most proud of is that no one has become satisfied. No one's become happy with with winning one Super Bowl championship. I mean, everybody's trying to make themselves better every single day and not trying to take a day for granted. Um, and and you don't have that in every single organization and every single locker room. And I think that just comes with the culture that uh, Brett Veach and uh, Coach Reed have kind of instilled in us, and that's to get better at least 1% every single day. Um, and I, that's why I think we're in this game, and we have a chance for another Super Bowl championship. Thanks. Pat has been extremely serious this week. He also didn't have a haircut. <laughs> you wonder if he's going to just not get one, but he was in line to get one before that barber was pulled. But he's been he extremely he serious. He be able to practice this Have week. you noticed the Mahomes cut's not there anymore because it's kind of grown out on the sides? They got some mops, but you know what? You'd rather the mops Absolutely. Be, with not being able to play or practice this week. Uh, again, Demarcus Robinson and Daniel Kilgore, the backup center, if they continue to test negatively, they should be all right. But they were the two that had contact with this mysterious barber. You know what? He was laughing. You were laughing when he said, what's up? Check out this interaction, this little nugget I found. Therese, are you there? That's a great question, Therese. All right. I guess we will go to... That was a good question. I liked it. <laughs> Able to get his question answered. Gronk had a little fun. I found that the interaction nugget. on Zoom is completely different. <laughs> they can't see you. It really, yeah, they can't see us. So it typically, you know, as, as the weeks of the season have gone on, we've had these Zoom calls where you know, if you have Zoom at home, you could see the other person. This week, it's a different type of program where you can only see the player and the subject. They can't really see you. Yeah. And so there is a little bit of that side of it, really not knowing what's going yeah. on. It's like they're listening to, Who's asking me questions? to a voice or something like that. But it's been a good week. And, and by the way, that, that question and, and that statement by Patrick Mahomes, one of my favorite yeah. quotes that I've gotten from him, and just thinking about what he's been able to build, because that's really hard. It, it's one thing winning the one Super Bowl, but... You know, he he expressed that he's really proud that 
there has been this dissatisfaction with just the one. And that makes you really believe, okay, this can be a, a dynasty type of deal. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and just the, the continued steps, and not only that, and we'll get to it, but you know, with Eric Bieniemy not being hired, every coach is coming back. This is unheard of in professional sports, Pete, where a team stays together with every coach when they've been the two Super Bowls, one or gone the three FC championship games. Nobody's touched. People raid the Patriots. They raid baseball when teams do well. It is unheard of for a team like last year that won a championship and no coach is gone. And now they're back in the Super Bowl. They're still here. Sometimes, they're, they're running sometimes, it back next year. Sometimes bad luck is indeed your your, yeah. your best luck, and, and that's exactly what happened here. They're running it back three straight years in a row. Coming up next, let's look at the Chiefs offense with offensive film guru from ArrowheadPride.com, Ken Swanson. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Jay Binkley with the editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Pete Sweeney joining us now on Twitter at Kent underscore Swanson. Offensive film analyst and draft analyst for arrowheadpride.com, who just got back from the Senior Bowl last week. What's up, Kent? Dink, I'm still recovering from a, a good week in Mobile. Uh, <laughs> but it's bugs. time to turn our attention to the best team in the world and the best player in the world pursuing a chance to run it back. These, I love it. I'm the, so excited, buddy. These guys pretended that they were watching draft prospects. Meanwhile, I know the wine coolers were flowing. They were having dinner together. <laughs> it sounds to me like the bed bugs were too, Pete. Yeah, the, yeah, I know. That. They ended up having to move to an Airbnb, but they're all right. They're all right. They got some good stuff. And don't forget, we have the draft guide coming out after the, the Super Bowl. Can't wait. So that's exciting. Can't wait. Bart Scott voice. Can't wait. Okay. All right, Kent. <laughs> Chiefs Bucks part two. The Chiefs offensively did whatever they wanted to against the Bucks. In the first game, their safeties, both on the injury report, uh, kind of iffy, to be honest with you. Jordan Whitehead and uh, Antoine Winfield. Uh, Whitehead got hurt the last game. Winfield didn't even play. What does that do to the Bucks' defense? And can their pass rush subsidize that with a good uh, rush against the Chiefs' offensive line? They need all hands on deck in the back end. And if, you know, if guys aren't 100% or not even close to 100%, like those, those practice reports would, you know, kind of indicate at this point, I mean, that's going to be a significant problem for the Bucks. Um, like you kind of mentioned, though, the pass rush, man, that is something that could really help, you know, soften the blow of maybe not being 100% in the back end because, you know, it's not necessarily about the, the pass rush of the Bucks, which is good. It's a, it's a good pass rush. I would say it's an above-average pass rush. It's a, it's a quality group that did a lot to affect Aaron Rodgers last week. But, I mean, we, we already know the reality. There is going to be some challenges for this offensive line on their fourth and fifth tackle, uh, respectively, to, to try to handle a rush and, and you know, a, a good rush. And this is going to be, you know, I think, the ultimate deciding factor in the game. The Chiefs are going to have to be really mindful of how they handle it. 
Kent, the NFL world is talking about it. Your ArrowheadPride.com article, how Patrick Mahomes can help the offensive line against the Buccaneers. This is probably the biggest concern of all Kansas City Chiefs fans right now, given the fact that they have shuffled around quite a bit, especially at those tackle positions. When you did your deep dive and you looked into what Patrick Mahomes can do to help the offensive line, what did you learn? I learned a lot, man. Uh, and it's, it, it, I think it, it goes a lot of different ways. First off, this isn't even the first Super Bowl that, the, that Patrick Mahomes will likely have to deal with significant pressure. Last year, Nick Bosa made Eric Fisher look like Brian Whitman, who I'm guessing is probably <laughs> going to back up somebody this week Wits. off of the practice squad. Yeah. Uh, so this group, you know, the, the, the group up front last year had a lot of uh, struggles. The good news for the Chiefs, though, is that, that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have been accounting for this for the largest stretches of the season. They've done a really good job getting the ball out of Mahomes' hands with the screen game, with the RPOs, quick passing game. There's been a lot of different things that, you know, they've done to kind of help, you know, navigate that issue. And, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of the same things that you saw against Tampa. I think you're going to see a lot of the stuff you saw last week. The good news is Mahomes has been so efficient in getting the ball out of his hands so quickly, he's been able to slice and dice without any real pressure because he's helping his offensive line because the ball's out of his hands so quick. So there's like a lot, there's a culmination of a lot of different things that are going to help the Chiefs navigate this issue. Uh, but I think they're going to have no problem doing it. Do you expect things out of the running game, Kent? Because if you think about it, they'll be bracketing Hill with two guys, probably bracketing Kelsey with the little linebacker safety help as well. So that's four guys. And then you have the fifth guy spying Mahomes. Running lanes should be ample against the Bucs. I know they have the best run defense in the NFL because everybody throws against them. But do you think the Chiefs can have some success? Not really, <laughs> if I'm being honest with okay. you. I don't even think if the boxes are particularly light that they're going to be able to have a ton of success running the football. I don't think that they're not going to try. I think they're going to try. And I think they sh- what they should do is utilize the run-pass options. Last week, it was about 50%. When they were calling run plays, it was 50% run-pass options and 50% standard run. So, you know, they, they had you know, a pass concept attached to half of their, their running plays last week. I think that should be 100% this week. So just always make it so that there is some kind of player that is in conflict that the Chiefs can attack in the run game with a, with a pass behind them. So always have those run-pass options. I think you just run 100% run-pass options so that you're always in a favorable matchup um, and, and putting you know, somebody in conflict and exploiting one player on the defense of the Bucks every single play if you can. All right, you're not expecting a ton of production from that. All right, so who gets the production? Clyde got two more snaps than Daryl, but Daryl got the, the carries. He got the, he got the ball in his hands. Now, were they inching Clyde back, and will they go with the more elusive running back in Clyde Edwards-Alaire as the bell cow in this game? And I didn't even bring up Le'Veon Bell. Who gets the ball more in this game? You know, Bink, we can talk about the running backs and whether or not they're going to run the ball. Damn it, kid, it's part of the game. But keep an eye on Clyde <laughs> Edwards-Alaire in the passing game. Yeah. Okay, That's where you should Wheel be looking routes. at it. This is what I'm talking about, my friend. Look, if the Bucks are going to play man coverage, if they're going to try to bracket Tyreek Hill, if they're going to put resources to try and slow in, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey down, the second, the kind of second-tier players, the the. Sammy Watkins is going to have to be playoff Sammy. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire is an asset in the passing game we haven't seen utilized a ton yet. 
when we did see him, the last time we really saw him have a ton of success was against the Miami Dolphins. I believe he had five catches or six catches for about uh, over 50 yards receiving. They were able to utilize him against some, you know, man coverage. They have really good concepts for the running backs against man coverage. I expect if the Bucks do try to play a lot of man, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a guy that can absolutely eat, be a problem in space, and a consistent work down for Patrick Mahomes. I, I think that's where the value of the running back could really be this week is Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the passing game. Kent, my final question on the offense, taking Patrick Mahomes out of it, who is the offensive MVP? Is it as easy as just being Tyreek Hill once again? You know what? I, I, I think you're probably right, but let's mix things up a little bit. I haven't seen playoff Sammy yet this year, <laughs> okay. and I still believe in playoff Sammy. I've seen this man go out in situations. If the Bucks are going to play man coverage, he's another guy that can really expose teams. If you're going to try to put a Sean Murphy button on him, I don't think so. Mm. Sammy Watkins, he looks good. I'm believing in what we've seen. He's been worth every penny to this point, and I think he's <laughs> going to earn his money again in the Super Bowl with another big play, maybe two big plays, one of them resulting in the score. How about that? All right. So is Sammy LaVon Watkins going to be the star of this game? <laughs> It's still going to be Patrick LeVon Mahomes, but we had to take a non-Mahomes guy. Yeah, that you can only play games on the offense with the Chiefs if you take out Patrick Mahomes. That's the only way it's fun. By the way, it's not LeVon. It's Samuel Benjamin Watkins IV. Get it right, Bink. I was just saying LeVon because Kent brings that name I know why you were saying it, Bink. I'm just telling you the real name. Kent's got this thing embedded in my head. Okay. LeVon. All right. Part of my brain now. Kent LeVon Swanson. Uh, I want to see that, Kent. I'm curious if somebody else will eat. I'm, I'm curious if they want to go down that route with Tyreek Hill uh, once again. By the way, Carlton Davis was asked who's faster, Tyreek Hill or uh, Scotty Miller. He gave a no comment. How would you read into that, Kent? Is he A, not oh, wanting to hurt his teammate, or B, not wanting to insult Tyreek Hill that could fry him once again? Carlton knows. Carlton saw firsthand. Look, Scotty Miller has been going up against Carlton Davis in practice all this time. And are you sure that, Car- uh, that, that he wasn't being the, the, the scout team look for Carlton Davis and Tyreek Hill? And what happened? <laughs> Carlton Davis wasn't ready for that speed. I think that tells you all you need to know. The speedy guy for, for Tampa was just a different, just did not have the same gear that Tyreek Hill did. And Carlton Davis got boxed because of it. Kent Swanson, arrowheadpride.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Kent underscore Swanson. Also, that draft guide will be hot and heavy this year. And a must-read because no combine. It's going to be some pro days. These guys went down to the Senior Bowl. Uh, bed bugs involved. Pete moved them. They didn't have Wi-Fi either. But Pete got <laughs> them accommodated them, yeah. a different place. And the draft guide continues on. Thank you, Kent. Size up your rings, boys. It's coming again. <laughs> thanks, Kent. Take care. That's Kent Swanson. Big thanks to him for... Oh, he pulled a peat. <laughs> Thanks to Kent Swanson for joining Get us on the together, Comfort Systems Bing. and Heating, Cooling, Super Bowl Hot. Week. Is You're not even you ready for this right. show. We need to take a timeout. We yeah, come back. Please. Let's go to the defensive side Gather of the ball. yourself. Talk to that Chief in Carolina, Matt Lane, next. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. I'm watching Pete on TV and talking to Pete at the same time. This is mind-blowing type stuff. <laughs> Super Bowl week, man. Carlton Davis. Oh, is, is that an answer? No comment. <laughs> no comment. That was who's faster, 
Larry Keller Carlton Davis. He wouldn't answer the question. But joining us right now is Matt Lane on the uh, Comfort Systems and Heating Cooling Hotline at Chief in Carolina on Twitter, part of the Arrowhead Pride crew. Went down the to Mobile, Alabama for the uh, Senior Bowl with Kent Swanson and Jacob and uh, Craig Stout. Good evening, Matt. Oh, how you guys doing? Hey, we're doing good, my friend. We're doing good, my friend. Defensively, looking at this game, Matt, uh, everybody's talking a lot about the the, the Patriots, the Buccaneers' offense improving since that Chiefs game in Week 12. They're undefeated, 7-0 since that time, including three playoff games. But the Chiefs' defense, to me, has started to gel in a way of its own as well that needs to be talked about, just like the Bucs have improved offensively. Absolutely, and it's similar to last year, and the Chiefs' defense is just kind of going along, doing their own thing, putting a lot of stuff on film throughout the entire season. Then you get to the playoffs, you get to the games that matter, and now all of a sudden you have such a long list of situational different styles of defense for certain situations. You never know what to expect. And Steve Spagnuolo is out here throwing out whatever he wants to in any situation. And you've seen the last two years how it's really throwing off even the best teams around the league. Matt, I asked Kent a similar question based upon his article at arrowheadpride.com. You had one today, how the Chiefs should defend the Bucks on third down in the Super Bowl. They've been pretty successful at passing the football, especially in the playoffs on third down. What did you learn in your deep dive on the defensive side? Yeah, so one of the big things is, as it stands, the Buccaneers, when they're throwing the football on third down, are converting third downs about 51%, which would be the best conversion rate in the league, not accounting for runs. So, they're doing really good in the playoffs. And what's crazy is it's no longer the New England-style Tom Brady offense where you essentially just get a lot of short passes right to the sticks. Instead, they're going deep. They're trying to take big risks. And I think that's something the Chiefs have to be ready for because I would say at least half of their third-down pass attempts have gone more than 10 yards past the sticks so far in the playoffs. They're really looking to hit those big shots. And the one thing, too, is, you know, you look at this running game, and I was talking to Kent about it, too, if he expects the Chiefs to run, even though the Bucs are the best rushing defense in the NFL. On the flip side, the Buccaneers can't run the ball. They're the number two passing offense right behind the Chiefs. Running the football, they're 28. They've really struggled, uh, and I get it. They've had some injuries there with Ronald Jones, but Fournette looked okay against the Packers. Nice little spin move he had there. Is this a concern at all with the Buccaneers' run game? The quarterback can't run, and the running backs, it's going to have to be through the air the whole time, won't it? Yeah, and it should be. I think that's where you kind of move to now in the NFL. I wouldn't expect either one of these two offenses to come out and really try to pound the rock. Yeah, you want to keep the opposing defenses you know, to honor the run. I just wouldn't expect either team to make that a mainstay. The Buccaneers, oddly enough, do like to run on first down a ton. They'll even run on second down a lot. They're not afraid of third and long. So I wouldn't be too surprised to see early down runs, especially if the Chiefs defense is inviting it. Matt, you do a ton of evaluation work for us at ArrowheadPride.com, especially surrounding the draft. But I want to challenge you here for the Bucks' weapons. Rank the four weapons between Evans, Godwin, Brown, and Gronk. And then for your top one, just explain why you feel like he's the top threat in this game. I think that Chris Godwin is probably their number one weapon. I put Mike Evans as a really close number two. Antonio Brown's three, I think. And I would actually put Cameron Brait over Rob Brown. Look at you. As a <laughs> time. Very nice. On third down, when they only have one tight end on the field, when they isolate their tight end by himself, 
it's Cameron Brait. It's not Rob Gronkowski. He's been for the early downs. Right. They really lean on Brait for the passing down. So they have a third down tight end. Keep that in mind as you watch this game. Uh, Matt, what, what, what about Godwin? What do you, what do you like about Godwin? Why is he such a threat to these chiefs? It's just all the different ways they use him, whether they're using him as a blocker, inserting him into the middle of the line of scrimmage, they'll leak him out on play action from there. They can get any kind of one-on-one matchup they want because he can play in the slot, because he can play outside. They can force you know your worst cover defender on the field to take him, and it can be vertical. It can be shallow and force him to tackle in open space. He just has the entire arsenal available, whereas I think Mike Evans and even Antonio Brown are a little more bit more limited in their usage. Now, Godwin has had some issues with drops out of the three out of his last five games, so there's always a chance that that creeps back in, but for the most part, he's just so versatile and so good at everything he does. He gets the edge for me. Matt, we've seen uh, Steve Spagnuolo really amp up the blitzing uh, with this football team as well. Not only that, it's getting it from creative spots, like the secondary blitz. We know that Matthew and Sorensen would blitz like in stereo from both sides in the game, but Legereus Sneed, four straight uh, games with the sack that he started. The game he didn't start was the Chargers. He got a break. DeAndre Baker from the corner spot actually got a sack. Do you expect the Chiefs to kind of manufacture the blitzing style in this game like they've done? Make Brady feel uncomfortable? Absolutely. I think they're going to bring pressure early. They'll bring it often for a bunch of different spots. And that's kind of the same thing I was talking about at the beginning. Steve Spagnuolo was not afraid to put a bunch of stuff out there. He'll go ahead and take, you know, a big play against his defense early in the first quarter to give the same look later and change something up to get that big play when it matters. He's not afraid to bring two guys. He's not afraid to bring everybody and run cover zero against any team, let alone a very immobile quarterback. And like I said, on these third downs, they do like to throw the ball deep. There's time to pressure Tom, speed him up a little bit. And he's more than willing to throw the ball up and kind of let those really good weapons try to make a play. Matt, you've established on our website that you feel Juan Thornhill has finally gone back to that freshman season form. What makes you say that? What do you expect in the Super Bowl? He's just generally moving better. I think when you saw him earlier in the season, I think he was overthinking some things. Maybe mm. he didn't trust you know, the knee coming back from injury. It does take guys a little while to not only feel physically healthy, but mentally as well. So I think you could just see a little bit of hesitation in some of the angles that he took. He didn't always feel confident that he could be as aggressive as he was last year. In the playoffs, that's gone away. He's coming downhill aggressively. He's flashed that kind of center field level range that he showed in the rookie. It looks like we're getting the healthy Juan Thornhill at the exact right time. And he's as motivated as anybody. He was crushed last year when he couldn't help the team win the Super Bowl. He really wants to be out there when they do it this year. Trivia question for you, Matt. Name the first Buccaneers player to score a touchdown at Raymond James Stadium. I have absolutely no idea. You weren't reading Twitter then. I gave you the answer. His name is Dave Moore, the color analyst. And I'll talk to him later tonight. I, you, you got me. I have not. How would Matt? How would Matt have known that? Because thing. Matt knows that we're first, talking tight ends. First, you hang up on on Kent. No. Now no, you're asking no. Matt these impossible it's questions. It's not impossible. Everybody knows that. It's the biggest Nobody case knows. ever. Raymond what is this trivial pursuit I'm, for I'm NFL? Jo- I'm joking, Pete. Matt, as, as always, you're the best. I enjoy talking to you. And uh, just uh, hope Pete gives you. I remember I was the one that saved you from uh, Pete's poor co- accommodations he gave you in Mobile. 
Thanks again, JB. Thanks, Matt. Keep talking. I'm not going to blame him now. (laughs) Okay, thanks, Matt. (laughs) Thanks to Matt Lane for joining us on the Comfort Systems Heating and Cooling Hotline. I I put it on Twitter. I said Dave Moore, who got the first. uh, We've talked about Dave Moore enough for the for you know. It's called teasing the next show. What what I what I will say is this. And you heard him talk about Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is a is a free agent. He's a yards per catch. Brett guy. Veach isn't down in Tampa yet. If you are listening right here, Brett, let's let's see what's going on with Chris once this game's over. Who do you, you know consider I mean? the biggest threat though? Do you, do you agree with That's him? That's a nice like, Sammy replacement right there. Well, you also well, would Juju. Because Juju will play the inside, I'm, he'll block. I, I'm Team Godwin over Juju, my friend. He, he, just because he's not on TikTok doesn't mean right. he's not a good player. I don't need the Chiefs dancing on opposing team levels. Godwin's you know what a I'm huge saying? yard per catch guy. But well, who's your? Is that your number one weapon for the Bucks? You ask him that question. I'm asking you. I like Godwin. Evan seems to always have big games each and every week. That's that's the guy that I think is the biggest weapon because it was his the way he can get out and jump out of the sky. Really gave some shade to Gronk there. Hopefully Gronk doesn't listen to this show. He doesn't. Okay. Mike Evans was the only receiver for that team over a thousand yards this season. The defense rests his case. Coming up next, your questions, 913-576-7610. Jay Southland Tow Service Text Line. You want to ask Pete anything? Ask him. We we'll do that next. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery, Jay Binkley, with Pete Sweeney, who's on TV and radio at the same time. And I put a picture of it up. It's Pete watching Pete. Loves to watch himself. He comes over here and says, hey, can I have a remote? A four. I like to see, I taped it before, and I like to see how they use me on the show. Oh, you would tape yourself. I'm not watching. Oh, Pete, 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 Pete. All right, let's get into a few things here, Pete. The final segment, I love this uh, part of the the show. I will ask you this to start before we get into some serious uh, football here. Super Bowl snacks. Hot dog machine or yes or no? <laughs> you got to have hot dogs this, during this the Super Bowl. Are you use that machine? That there's no doubt. Yeah, I, there's no doubt about it. You got to have a couple dogs. There's an, you can't get away from hot dogs during the Super Bowl. And these are my questions to you before we get into this things. Uh, you've paying attention to Deshaun Watson, maybe to the Raiders. Can you imagine if they were able to pull this off? Because Derek Carr is not their answer. Can you imagine the vision with Mahomes, Herbert? He, What's Denver going to do if that happens? Because they have, I mean, that's your boy. Do? I don't know. What are you going to do? No, that, I'll throw in the fetal position and still support his dad's restaurants. That's your boy. And I wonder what you're going to do. 
I have known for a while, and you could tell, I think, dating back to Hard Knocks, when John Gruden at practice was getting all excited about Nate Peterson, you really felt like, okay, maybe Derek Carr isn't the answer, and he's going to continue to look for a quarterback. And I don't blame him. Derek Carr is not the answer. He's not going to be this franchise guy. I know he played the Chiefs well that one game this year, but uh, he's not going to be the type of quarterback that's going to lead you to a championship. Jared Goff, similar situation in LA. I think McVay realized this wasn't going to get them to what they call the promised land, so they went and made the move. I wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> if Las Vegas made a move. If anybody makes a move for Carr, it better be a warm weather city. <laughs> I'm not going to even put out his 0-10 record when it's lower than 50. Honestly, it's, it's 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 very true. I I wouldn't consider him if you no. you know the Buffalo would never do it, but that's a perfect example of a city. No. Better be warm. He, he can't play in yeah. Uh, Pete, uh, back to the uh, game this weekend. You were uh, you obviously have a agenda here with the with the Thornhill and, or, and Snead. You were very interested in Thornhill yeah. and Snead, and you should be interested because Thornhill's gotten a lot better. He's playing like the player I think the Chiefs always wanted. You asked the Honey Badger about uh, both those guys, Snead and Thornhill. Hey, Tyron. Hey. Um, kind of a two parter for you here. Uh, how does the play of <laughs> Lajarius Sneed and sort of the surprise of him this year, Thornhill playing better, allow you to be that ultimate chess piece, whether it's the slot, wide, box, or even sometimes along the line of, of recently. And then uh, how much do you relish the opportunity that Spags allows you to do that? Not every DC allows necessarily a defensive back, nor do they always have the ability to do that. But how much do you relish that opportunity? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always great, man, when, you, when you're playing with guys that, you know, love the game as much as you. Uh, you're playing with guys that, that that study as much as you. And, you know, these guys have great ability as well. You know, you mentioned Snead and, and, and uh, Juan and uh, just, you know, they're continuing to grow, you know, in this league. And, you know, for me, I just try to be – I try not to get in those guys' way. You know, I just try to be a positive voice in their ear. Um, uh, obviously, you know, put those guys in position to, to communicate with them so those guys can play faster and make plays. Um, you know, for me um, – you know, it, it doesn't necessarily matter, uh, you know, what role I'm playing, you know, on the defense, whether it's, you know, man or robbing. Um, you know, for me, it's all about the guys around me. You know, how can I get those guys, you know, to, to play hard, to play better, to communicate more? Um, because I think, you know, if we're all able to do that, um, I think we're all able to play fast, you know, play with our eyes, you know, use our instincts and, you know, really make plays on the back end. So there you go, Pete. You were uh, asking about Thornhill and Steed. I've been impressed by both these guys going down the stretch, and that's the honey badger. Essentially, let's face it, let's call it what it is. He's very instrumental in turning this Chiefs defense. Or he's like a coach on the field. Well, yeah, and I, I think when you are trying to evaluate how you're going to work your offense against a certain team, the more weak spots that you can shore up, the better. Like, Don't you remember just a few years back when they were picking on like, Terrence Mitchell? I mean, sometimes you do get that with guys like Neiman or Sorensen, but... Again, the more spots that you feel okay and, and are shored up, the better your defense is going to play. And I really think that Snead, really the whole year has played well. Thornhill's coming on at the right time. And I think because of that, Matthew's playing even a bit better than he had in the first half of the year. You had a question as well to the Chiefs cornerback, defensive backs coach, Sam Madison, former player. With Dave Merritt, have done a great job with the Chiefs corners this year. This was your question to Sam Madison. You were everywhere. You put the oom in Zoom, Pete. Okay. Sam, how are you? I'm doing great, and you so? I'm well. Uh, I got two quick ones for you. First one is on uh, Juan Thornhill. 
was curious. <laughs> as you can tell, I think these guys are key to the game. He is as close to as that rookie version of himself uh, that he's been in a long time. You were you everywhere. see that? And, and why do you think that is? <laughs> well, these last few games, you know, he's finally getting himself back into a rhythm, you know, um, at the beginning, you know, still having some concern about the the, the injury and, and not one to put himself in a bad situation. But there's been a few guys on this team that's gone through those type of injury. And Tyron Matthew was the main one. He's mm. had multiple. So just being able to have somebody to talk to that's been through it all. And then just understanding the, the hurdles that he had to go through and get over, you know, to overcome and get to where he is. Um, I think that's one of the things that's really have helped them at the end of this season, but, you know, early on still um, some things in his mind that he had to get through, but those players, you know, they was able to get him through. And that's the, that's the, how we got to where Juan is today. And then the other one just seems like you guys keep giving Legarius more tasks and the latest is, is an ability to blitz. Just how is he taken to that? What have you seen in, in that regard? Um, He's absorbing it all. I mean, when you go back and you watch his, uh, his film, you know, uh, his last season, you know, he played safety. So he was kind of already familiar with being inside, um, you know, early on with Breland being out. He and as well as Rashad Fenton, they, they were pretty much on the outside playing the corner position um, and then, you know, had an unfortunate injury. All right, Pete, that's uh, your question about Thornhill and Steve, both of them playing good football. Farm three, four, seven. Is, Sam Pete, is Pete going to miss going into the radio station for the 5 a.m. show <laughs> during the week with the werewolf once a season? Yeah, is over. I love seeing the werewolf every morning. Always checking in, see how he's doing. But that is not necessarily a wake up that I'm going to miss. I'll miss the program. It's been a, it's been a fun ride. Pete, always enjoyable doing a show with you. Arrowhead Pride Radio was fun this week. It was better without you last week, but this week was still good. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Uh, considering that meant that there were no Arrowhead Pride members in the studio. Don't forget, you're a 610 guy. Thanks for listening. Hopefully we're talking about running it back for another championship next week. Thanks to Chris and Sarah producing. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.